Start your engines and join me in the new mobile game, RuPaul's Drag Race Superstar. May the best superstar win. Available now. In a world full of straight people, aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. I'm Matt McConkie. I'm a writer, actor, and devoted fan of Sex and the City and And Just Like That. And I've spent so much time and energy fervently defending the show that I couldn't help but wonder, should I do a podcast about this? The answer, of course, is no, but And Just Like Matt is more than a podcast. It's a faith-based community with a shared mission to bring back Samantha full-time. And it's also a call to action. It's a plea because I'm begging you just like me. Come on, you know you want to. And maybe after you give this episode a listen, you will. Well, folks, we did it. We started with season two. We went back and got into season one. So in a way, our season one was season two and our season two is season one. And so now you're all wondering what happens now? Do they just go away until season three? Do they go start talking about season two of the morning show for no reason? These are all great questions. And the answer is, the short answer is, we're not done here. Our work is not done. We will be back. There's a lot more to cover. So nobody panic, it's not over. But today, we have to cover the season one finale. That's what we're doing here. Episode is called Seeing the Light. And I'm seeing two lights right now before me on this Zoom. My first guest is a stylist to the stars and a star in her own right. You have heard her her sizzling hot takes on Bitch Sesh. I've read even more scorching hot takes over our, our group text thread. Claire Muckerjee, welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Thank what you a, for what being What an absolute here. thrill. Absolute thrill. Th- thank you for moment. lounging in a gorgeous bed and <laughs> sipping your coffee. English tea, I'll have you Oh, know. of course. Of course. Also, we are joined by our first ever returning champion. When she was last on this podcast, she famously demanded that and just like that should continue, not just for a few more seasons, but until all of our beloved characters drop dead on camera. And that for <laughs> me was like the truest declaration of love I've never felt more seen or understood. <laughs> TV writer and producer, Nicole Shabtai, welcome back. Oh, Matt. Wow. I'm going to cry. I can't believe I first of all, I didn't know that I was the first returning guest. That it, What an honor. What an absolute honor. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And no pressure, you know. <laughs> no, no. Of course be. not. Want you to be comfortable. So let's let's you know start as we always do and root ourselves in in history. Listeners may recall that Nicole grew up in New York City. In high school, she would walk down Second Avenue in her mom's fur coat, smoking cigs, in an oh. effort to channel her inner carry. And am I remembering correctly that there were braces? Or yeah, is that just a mouthful of braces thinking? and like <laughs> braces with a cig. I, yeah, braces with a cig. And let's not uh, forget. Do you guys remember those two rubber bands that would like connect the top to the bottom? So let's oh, also, yes. just for clarity, add those two in um, to correct my jaw. So okay, uh, I had those two, yeah. and my jaw is still wildly Mine fucked too. up. But I, yeah, did you take? I would take the rubber bands out to smoke a cigarette because I had them in oh, college. Yes, yes, yes. 
I think probably you're right. If I was smoking a cigarette, I have, okay. So I'll take them out, put them yeah. probably in my pocket, you know, uh -huh. um, and then light a Marlboro light while uh, walking up and down second Avenue in my mom's car. had to be a Marlboro light. <laughs> I am British. So I didn't wear braces. I didn't get braces. And you can see if we compare our teeth, the three of us on this zoom, it's obviously the Brit is. Uh, um, I know. I think I would. Everybody would assume I'm the Brit for sure. But you have gorgeous teeth, Claire. Um, yeah. Oh, it was all about the Marlboro Lights, and I think I get a lot of um, nostalgia for Sigs when I watch mm. Sex in the City. When it was, it was. Wait, I don't. How old are you? How old are you, Nicole? I'm thirty. I just turned thirty-nine. Oh, okay, so we're kind baby. of around the same. I I feel like we're the Kate Moss generation of cool smokers. Yeah. The Kate Moss, the Carrie, we were, you know, team 16, 17, 18, and we wanted to be Kate Moss or Carrie. And we were watching it there and then. We were seeing Kate Moss and Johnny Depp or whoever. And we smoked Marlboro Lights as part of our look. It was so cool. I absolutely. It was like identity. Totally. I have taken now, if, if I'm out at a party, something that I like to do is I haven't smoked a cigarette in about 13 years. I know that I can't even take a puff of a cigarette because I would smoke all of the cigarettes on the globe. Should I even take a drag? So sometimes I'll just hold one and like chat. Uh, um, lit or unlit? Something about it. Unlit. Uh, and people are like, this is so weird. Just light it. And I'm like, I absolutely won't. I'll smoke a real one, I will say. Like, I will say, Nicole, I have, I was in Italy, I was in Florence, wow. and I was oh. without children and without a husband, and I was meeting a girlfriend there who doesn't have kids, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy a packet of cigarettes, the long, skinny kind, because I'm 42 now, and I'm in Italy, and I Live. had two cigarettes. I felt disgusting, but I just had to do it. I had to sit in the piazza, smoking a long, skinny cigarette, a Vogue, or whatever they're called, the Italian version. And I went back to being 18, you know, admiring Carrie Bradshaw, admiring Kate Moss. And we are like, you know, the children of 1998, That's 1999 yeah. was the thing. And I'm so grateful, just jumping straight into the show, that we still see a smoker in SEMA. Because I do yeah. not think, and just like that, would be the same if we didn't have a smoker. There has to be a smoker in there. Thank You're God right. for Seema and her cigs. Representation it matters. <laughs> it really does. And actually in the episode that we're talking about today, seeing her with her French lover in bed, you know, like rolling around holding a cig, I, I, it just makes me feel like so, I am having so much recollection. Oh God, Carrie, yeah. You know, in bed smoking her cig after she's had the post-coital cig. Um, I'm just like, thank you for giving us this. I can I have like the muscle memory of like of like making out with someone after we've been we've been drinking a lot and both smoking mm -hmm. and you're like mm -hmm. I'm uninhibited by the like terrible breath I probably have because we both have yeah. it and yeah. now we're exchanging it it's truly disgusting and I love smoking <laughs> I so much smoking the show above all is a pro smoking cool. yeah. endeavor <laughs> Wait, so Claire, did were you obsessed with the original Sex and the City while it was airing? What's the relationship? So yeah, I'm 42. So I lived and breathed it. I mean, 
but Nicole, you were right in there. I was so bloody far away, you know, in North Yorkshire, in England, where I would have to drive at least or go on a train for at least an hour to even be near a top shop or a Zara. So for me, it was just another planet of oh, fashion and glamour and excitement. I'd never been to New York. I couldn't even dream of once setting foot in this hallowed land of glamour and <laughs> cosmos and oh it just and also because I'd always been interested in fashion I think I must have been about what year did it start airing that I because, think 1998 or 99 okay so I was if it was 98 I was 16 turning 17 and I'd already been obsessed with fashion um, I always at the first chance I would get I would be on a train down to London which was a good three and a half hours and I was always known as the girl in this like small market town in North Yorkshire who longed for something more and would get down to London whenever I could and reading, you know, all of the magazines from being like nine. So, yeah, really bloody heavily. And I just poured over everything that everybody wore. And then I also have very clear memories of university because it was really going real strong when I was at university. And all of the girls in our dorm, or we had this shared flat, um, and we had we had we shared it with boys as well. It was very, you know, it's very British. And we would chuck them all out every Friday because it was on on Friday nights in England. Mm. And I just remember all of these girls. You know, we came from so many different backgrounds. We didn't have much in common, or we did. You know, it was a real mixed bag. Congregated on Friday. Nine o'clock, because it aired on Channel 4 at nine o'clock on Friday. Watch Sex in the City. Mm. And um, a really significant part, I feel like, of my early adulthood and defined, like, my fashion also it just had such a strong influence on me in terms of, you know, attitude and relationship towards sex relationships and men and seeing these women at a certain age, their life, they were the way they were living. I thought, wow, when I finish university, I could do that. I don't need to do this. I what's expected or it was really a seminal kind of significant turning point in, in realizing how I could potentially live my adult life. Because mm. I'm watching it at sort of 18, 19, 20, those university years where you're sort of really thinking about how am I going to live my life? And guess what? I graduated university and I moved to America, <laughs> you know? You put on your pink tutu and never looked back. <laughs> pretty much. I remember like flying out to New York one summer, I was at university and I pretty much went by myself. And I remember trying to wear an outfit that I thought Carrie would wear. And I went to Magnolia Bakery and I just trekked around New York, Manhattan for like six days by myself. Wow. What if Nicole, you we probably like passed each I, other, I, I, both of you yeah. in your Carrie Bradshaw cosplay. <laughs> what for you, Claire, what was the like, if you had to choose one, the greatest like fashion triumph of the original show and or the movies? It's the Carrie nameplate necklace. It's the, it's the name necklace. I mean, if I think of anything, I think of a, a, a rose, a, a flower corsage, the Carrie necklace. And I feel like every single girl at Manchester University when I was there had a name necklace. We all loved a rosette or a flower. That's what I really truly think of when I think about like the one biggest takeaway from the sort of original series with Carrie is the necklace. 
Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I think? Oh, absolutely. I want one of my own right now. Let's yeah. shift into the, well, not the present, but the more recent past with our season one finale of it just like yeah. that. We start off with Carrie ending another date with this teacher, Peter. And at this point in like mm-hmm. the rewatch, it now feels like we've given him so many chances. And I, I just don't know that you can ever really lose yourself in a kiss with someone that you've, you've barfed on the street with. But Nicole, where do you feel about, you know, where we're finding Carrie at this moment in time? You know, it was tough to revisit, I'll say, you know, I, I, I found it like, I was like, this was a sad moment, not in Carrie's life only, but in my life. Um, yeah. it, it just like, I'm like, we are fine. We have like dropped in on like, uh, on some sadness. And it's like, it's such a stark just juxtaposition between the first season and the second season. And I, that I hadn't even I mean, I realized, but like in returning to it, really, it really made the second season feel so much more bright and fun and like the Mm -hmm. original series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like the, I couldn't remember when she was walking through the closet and she's like, I'm going on a date. You happy? And I'm like, is she talking to her shoes? (laughs) Is she talking to Mr. Big's ashes. And obviously we, yeah. later we find out that, yeah. She sure is. She sure is. Part of the reason I was so excited to talk about this episode is the lamp where Mr. Big is yes. possibly communicating with Carrie. Because really all I ever want to ask people is like, have you ever seen a ghost? Do you believe in ghosts? Where? So this is just an excuse to have that conversation. <laughs> Nicole, I know you've got some juicy beliefs here. Talk to me about your supernatural experiences. Oh gosh. Okay. So I I wouldn't say I believe in ghosts necessarily like some of our friends do. Mm-hmm. But I do feel often that my ancestors or my grandmother or my great grandmother is reaching through the beyond and trying to like get me to do something. So it's it's not like as fun as like, you know, I hear footsteps in my attic or whatever it's more just like like I hear like my great grandmother my Iraqi great grandmother like flick me on the head and be like you talk do something Mm. Um, you do I I do not physically but okay you know sometimes this is weird I'm like my daughter will have a dream and she'll come in the middle of the night to tell me about a dream or a nightmare or something that she's having and I'll feel like oh that's that's my grandmother trying to get a message to me and I'm like thank you message received um so it's stuff like that rather than blinking lights or like maybe that's weirder maybe that's worse I don't know listen it's all good as far as I'm concerned I think the blinking lights and a door slamming is weirder (laughs) yeah Well, they say time waits for no one and neither should payday. To get your money moving in the direction of your dreams, get Earn In. Earn In is the app that's helping millions of Americans feel self-sufficient without falling into debt traps. Earn In empowers you to live life to the fullest by providing up to $100 a day of your pay within minutes of earning it, no mandatory fees, and no credit check. You just watch your earnings tick up as you work, access up to $750 per pay period. It's easy and free to get started. You just add your bank and employment info. They'll verify your paycheck. It's designed to support you in the short term and long term. So download Earn In today. That's E. 
E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, just type in Just Like Matt under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. That's Just Like Matt under podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Warmer, sunnier days are a-coming, and you are probably working on those wellness goals for summer. I know I am, and I am fueling up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. With 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, with Factor, you will always have new flavors to explore. And you know, when you support our sponsors, you support me and our show. So if you visit factormeals.com slash likematt50 and use code likematt50, you will get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription's active. So make your day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, you can stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. And these are premium ingredients. I'm talking restaurant quality meals like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon. So head to factormeals.com slash likemat50 and use code likemat50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code likemat50 at factormeals.com slash likemat50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Claire, where are you with your beliefs about the afterlife? Well, I now don't have any parents. So I've thought about this a lot recently. This is probably a little bit more of a serious topic for me, but I, thinking about it kind of makes me want to cry. Um, And I think actually it really hit me as well with the ashes because I lost my mum in January of this year. And um, I'm not sure yet. And quite a few people have said oh I've got this psychic or I've got this you know person who can speak to you know the deceased and whatnot and um, I'm on the fence you know and I lost my dad at nine years old and I can't say I've had any stuff from him but I do have a lot of dreams that he's still alive Uh, my whole life I've had that I've had like in the past I remember I was about 15 and I had this strange thing where it always been a bit of a mystery about my dad and this weird thing I was at home alone and something said go and look under your mum's bed go and look under mum's bed go just go I got this weird pull from somewhere to go and look under my mum's bed and I, I I went in and um I found a bunch of newspaper cuttings that basically explains some mysteries surrounding my dad oh, wow. um some stuff that she'd kept hidden from me um, this is all some real trauma shit by the way so you know I've thought about that a lot over the years um in terms of like yeah I haven't gone there about my mum yet let's just say I declined the um recommendations of the psychics but I, I think it is something that I'm open to exploring and actually one of the biggest regrets I have mum was dying was to not ask her oh god this is a lot so this episode was really intense for me, actually. Mm. Um, thinking about the lamp. I really regret that I didn't ask her how she would show me she's going to be there after mm. she dies. And you know how some people are like, oh, when I see a rainbow or a butterfly, I think of my mom or a feather. I wish, I wish so badly I'd said to her, mom, you know, how, what will be your little message or your little clue to me? Because I had the chance to ask her. 
And I just didn't. We were so like British or she's so British. I knew I couldn't ask her and she would find it too difficult. So, wow, that was long-winded. Feel free to cut some of that out. Not at all. Um, No, thank you for sharing. Uh, You know, I, I... It's interesting. I just scattered my, this is going to sound explosive. I promise you it's not. I scattered my dad's ashes like a week ago. We didn't have a relationship, but um, I was home in Ohio and uh, my mom and sister were like, you want to do this? I'm like, sure. Couldn't have been, couldn't have felt less while doing it, which tells you everything you need to know about who he was and what that relationship was and, and, and was not. But I lost this close friend named Michael recently too. And he is someone that I'm like, please contact me. He was the funniest motherfucker who has ever lived like a frustrated comedian who never found his. And and like, so to know him was to like have this little secret that like, oh, I, I actually know the funniest person who has ever lived in this world. And so I'm like, please drop by, like send me a message to reach out. And it's because I want to believe I'm so open to all of this. And when it doesn't come through, it's disappointing. It's hard, you know? And I think that's when I I have been, I'm wary of psychics only because I'm scared of having that experience where it's like, oh, they didn't really know anything or, you know, like that's the thing that I- it's a very vulnerable position to put yourself in yeah it's something i think especially if it's somebody very close to you you really need to think long and hard about it i will say that in the first three days after mum did die i did see like seven rainbows okay i did okay (laughs) it was really weird like i saw seven and i was like but this is too cliche (laughs) and then my bff Henry, he lost his mum a year before and we had like a get together because he's in England and um, we were talking about how we I, we lost our mums almost the day and they were very similar and he's like my children's godfather and then I said, yeah, do you ever think you hear from Julia? And he's like, well, do the rainbow? And I'm like, oh, rainbows. I, we're all on the rainbow. Mm-hmm. That's our thing. Maybe I'd be better off with a lamp. I don't know. Rainbows do seem to be the, <laughs> one of the go-tos along with the, with the feathers. It's hard to deny a rainbow, <laughs> you know? But I did. I saw seven in three days. That sounds like a lot. That's and a I lot. Actually have, it is. Yeah. It three days after she died. And I was doing a lot of driving back and forth to her house and to my children, like back and forth. And it was on these drives that I just constantly saw them. And I think I've seen like two since. Hmm. Who who knows? That's why the whole time when I was seeing them, I was like, God, I wish I'd asked her. But what did it feel like when you were seeing them? Were you like, that's probably her and I can't even go there because it's so cliche? A bit of that. Yeah, definitely, Nicole. But also, even on a more like sort of basic practical level, gosh, that's a lot of rainbows. Yeah. It's a lot of rainbows. It's hard to ignore that. Yeah. 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 Who who knows? But yeah. I think it sounds like you know. Yeah. Yeah. This this episode, though, truly was a very emotional one. Oh, yeah. And it's funny coming back to it, revisiting it for this podcast. I I, I think I forgot how um, emotional it is. But also, I'm watching it now having lost my mum as well. Mm. 
so I'm coming at it from a different, uh, watching it from a different place. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I think my favorite thing about being a podcaster and a comedian is I can just unload on people while I'm working. A video game makes me mad, break out angry at them. A heckler at a club gets under my skin, I give them both barrels and I let them have it. But everyone has their problems, and there's real life stuff that I can't scream at like a video game or a drunk audience member. And that's where therapy comes into play. A therapist is the best sounding board you can find. You can let them know what's keeping you up at night or weighing you down and work together to come up with a plan to deal with it. I've been talking to therapists for years. Not about video games, but, well, not usually. And it's genuinely had a positive impact on my life. And I know, I hears ya. Adam, that sounds great, but who has the time? That's where BetterHelp comes in. Instead of driving across the city looking for parking, waiting in that little room and losing a couple hours of your day, BetterHelp brings therapy to you. Their sessions are 100% online. You open your therapist's schedule, pick a session that works best for you, and talk with someone over video, phone, or even just text. I've personally used BetterHelp in the past, and it was hella easy. I actually talked to my therapist while I was on vacation a couple years ago. It was awesome. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today. To get 10% off your first month, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash remember the game. Yeah, and and of course, we've all lost Samantha to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. the texts with her in this episode, I talk yeah. about feeling a presence, like her spirit's yeah. so alive <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. How was it for you, Nicole, revisiting the physical absence of Kim Cattrall in this one? I gotta say, <laughs> I think that the writers on the show do such an unbelievable job with those text message exchanges. And it also speaks to the strength of the character. You know, I think the character of Samantha is so strong that you can even hear her. What Like mm -hmm. she's not there, but the text mm -hmm. messages say everything and it feels like she's there. And that is, I mean... We just must have her. We must have her yes. back. I, I listened oh, to no. the last episode that you did. And I thought that the pitch of like, let's, even if she's just like in London doing her own storyline, like I'm, I would be great with that, you know, and then calling on the phone, like whatever. Yeah. Great. Let's bring her back. I just want to see Samantha. It's an iconic character that we are missing in the show. Yeah. Big time. A hundred percent. It's interesting. I was thinking about the cameo at the end of season two and that the so much of the story was that like, and she brought Patricia Field back with her to dress her. And she looked yeah. great. I, I can't say I was like blown away. I can't, she was wearing like a gold, a gold dress maybe. Like it wasn't uh, the most memorable fashion moment. Claire, do you feel a significant, because, you know, Molly Rogers was the, I think, assistant costumer and then, yes. and then was promoted. And she's, so she's been with the series and the movies throughout. So there is a through line, but yes. we do have the absence of Patricia Field. So how do you feel like the fashions are working in general? Well, th there's obviously a change. And I think, and, and, and Danny Santiago as well, I think, was right. one of, was, was maybe Molly's assistant. Because oh, I've worked in wardrobe for years. So I know that actually... <laughs> the assistants do a lot of it like of they course. have way more influence than you would expect especially when the costume designer is somebody uber uber busy and established they kind of honestly pass off most things and they might come into the fitting and go okay yeah no, no. but yeah so I 
don't miss Patricia that much. Um, do I, I obviously I think there's been a massive evolution with their styles. And I think that now as well, Molly and Danny have definitely created a specific look, especially for Miranda and Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte always had a very defined aesthetic, but I find that Carrie is a bit floppy. Mm. Quite a lot of like sweaters, cardigans, swishy, soft dresses. It, it's going a little more bohemian. Whereas I felt like before she had like a little bit of boy in there a little bit of sporty she would wear like a little old like you know ring a tee um she would wear like a baseball jersey a, a, like a, a short or whatever but then you could also say well the longer hemlines the softer the drapes the the layers that you know that comes with age so I guess it's a little more realistic that she's not wearing a shorts with a bow or whatever but the, the one person that has disappointed me is Carrie especially season one I I, I I don't really need to see her in a floppy forever 21 dress with a cardigan I just don't um I feel like they really really sorted it out for season two yeah but of course I still enjoyed everything my god and I love Seema in her like golds and her neutrals and her animal prints yes. she's just like sex she's feline she's fierce Miranda's in her jewel tones and her earth tones and the one thing about our episode that we're talking about today, thank God we saw the return of the red hair. Thank God. Yeah. Because didn't you feel like in the same way that we were missing Samantha all season, we missed the Miranda we knew aesthetically as well. Yeah. Um, it just felt off with her with white hair. And I get why they did it because fuck, we all, I, I love the social commentary and announcement of it that look, Miranda let herself go gray because frankly it's exhausting keeping up with covering our fucking gray and she, and she would and she a hundred percent would just let her hair go but as you know viewers i think it it was alienating for us not to see miranda looking how we knew her um so yeah i was very happy to see her in this episode go back to being red um i yeah i don't miss patricia i don't care i'm okay i'm, I'm doing just fine with molly and danny thank you to just sort of wrap up that question. Can I just add something here? I think I was just making a connection tonally between the writing and the fashion. And I think that what happened, and I understand why it happened, but it's like, you know, this is the more accessible version of sex mm -hmm. in the city. And they really tried to do something kind of interesting with that, where it's like, they are just like, you know, I think that everyone for the last 10 or 15 years that a real fucking opinion about everything. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't remember who I was. I was, maybe I was talking to Casey about this where it's like clueless would never have been made now because they, everyone would be like, ew, she's fucking her brother, you know? And it's like, yeah. everyone has like, it's like, like everyone just has like a big old opinion. Now. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and I think that creators and even like, like costumers and everyone's like, oh, like sometimes it comes from a place of fear. Like, oh, we have to put this in or we have to do this because like, we mm -hmm. don't want to get shit on, you know? So mm -hmm. I think like the forever 21 of it all, yes. you know, is They're like- trying to be inclusive. Inclusive. And yeah. I think there's something to be I said for be inclusivity, inclusive. but I think that there's also something to be said for authenticity. And the show itself was- authentic and I think it returned more to that in season two 
Yeah. Because this is the thing. We don't watch And Just Like That and Sex in the City to um, feel like they're one of us. We watch no. it for escapism. We watch right. it. It's a bit like what we talk about with the housewives. We don't want to look at some shitty house. We don't want to look at Gina's house. <laughs> we want to look at something fabulous. Yes. We want to look at like people dripping in. Yeah. So escapism is what we all tune in for. And I think, yeah, in this season, I didn't get to escape as much as I'd like in Carrie's closet. I mean, we had our moments, sure. trust me. But Oh, of course. She's always going to bring us something. What I do like about, and just like that, Carrie, aesthetically, as opposed to Sex and the City, is that we are seeing that in her, you know, 50s and beyond, that Carrie is slowly evolving into an eccentric. I like, love it. She is yes! a little bit of a... Yes! She, when she's in her 100%. 70s, she's going to be one of those, like, those Instagram Iris accounts Apple. where you stop. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that also Thank feels you. very right. It, that does yeah. feel very right. Yeah. I agree. But do you see the slight hippiness direction we're going in? The behemoth. Oh, totally. Like, it's yeah. strong. It's yeah. strong. The lay. I don't remember her laying a bunch of necklaces. And I don't remember her wearing a floppy cardigan over a long, silky dress. We saw quite a lot of that this season. Or maybe a blazer yeah. over a long, silky dress. But definitely it's softened up. Yeah. Really. Well, it certainly did in season one. I feel like it turned a little in season two. But. Yeah, I felt a bohemia there that I hadn't before. Like, even a hint of anthropology at times. Well, that's where I wasn't okay. <laughs> like, a little hint. A little hint. She still delivered. I mean, please. She's so, always yeah. gonna. So, let's talk about the Ve Mitzvah. You know, I, yeah. I forgot how much I love this storyline and this, like, mm-hmm. set piece as our finale. Yeah. Like, with the trans rabbi and that conversation between Carrie and Miranda in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the fact that it becomes Charlotte's bat mitzvah in the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. You know, nobody wants to hear me try to speak intelligently about world events. But, like, we can't not acknowledge how bittersweet it is to be discussing mm. this episode at this moment in time. Nicole, Absolutely. how was it for you rewatching? Honestly, it's so Charlotte, and I will, I might cry, but it's like Charlotte's mm. commitment to Judaism is like so beautiful to me. Like yeah. it really is. I think like she, as a character, she, you know, she really, she so shines uh, and has continued to shine throughout and just like that. And this particular one is, is really gorgeous, you know, when she was just like, I didn't come all this way, you know, to not have a they mitzvah. Like I, I did all of this and like just the hard cut to her up on the bima being like, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like so beautiful. I, I loved it. I, it made me like, there are not, you know, my, my sister's fiance also yesterday did kind of like a, a mikvah um, as like his dad is Jewish, but his mom was not fully Jewish. And and he wanted to like become fully Jewish before getting married. And they did just like this beautiful ceremony. And it really moved me also. Where it's mm-hmm. like in this time to, to choose us <laughs> to be, yeah. to, to choose being Jewish feels so it feels really, um, it means a lot. It means a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I know you're younger than me, so I don't think the timing would work out. But 
in my fantasy, your bat mitzvah, Nicole, was fully Sex in the City themed, and everybody <laughs> has to come. Try. I will say my bat mitzvah what? was lit as fuck. Um, my bat mitzvah was uh, it was the theme was the NTV Awards, and wow. I had it when I was <laughs> I had it when I was twelve, and it was. Did I already say this on this podcast? No. My bat mitzvah was the last party at the Palladium before they tore it down to make uh, NYU dorms. Um, so yeah, it was like, and like, for some reason, like I understood like the history of the Palladium at the time, like as a child, I like was obsessed with studio 54 because my parents met there and no, they did not. I'm obsessed with everything Studio 54. Me too. Stop. I just okay. like love. Can we be friends? I need to know about this. That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my God. My parents used to like go there and like, you know, my mom was like literally a child. She was like 17 years old and like, oh. you know. Was she hanging with Jody and Brooke? I mean, she was like so cool, but also like so didn't know who she and still doesn't know who anyone is. Like my mom, like has sat next to Brad Pitt in 1994 on an airplane when he was on the cover of like the sexiest man alive, like people magazine. and was just wow. like, you look so familiar. Do you know me? That's how my mom <laughs> asked uh, ah, celebrities. <laughs> um, oh if, uh, and she means it. Like she truly has no idea who anyone is and doesn't give a flying fuck. Definition of shit. <laughs> That's right. It for me. From some, like, looking at this, like, wow. From North Yorkshire, like, my life and my parents and my childhood was so dull <laughs> compared to, oh, my God, your parents met at Studio 54 and your mum doesn't know who Brad Pitt is and thinks, do you know me? Obsessed. <laughs> this is everything. I'd love to meet her. Like, she You would like love, you guy. would love my mom. She is, like, uh, oh, a- Can I borrow her? fashion I mean she is she is everything but like my mom is like buy the best and take care of it and and keep it forever and have it retailered as much as you need and she's like if it's if it's wonderful and you love it buy it in every color this is what I preach (laughs) this is what I preach to all of my clients and just in life in general if you can afford it brings you joy and it will last as well. Go for it. I'd rather you buy one Chanel bag rather than a hundred Zara's or whatever, Clevis. Like get the real thing, keep it for life and pass it on, take care of it, right. repair. Everything I have is hers. Like, you know, like still to this day, like all of my like good shit, like I've never bought anything really because like she has, you know, given it. Um, but uh, just speaking about all this, it's, uh, I just want to, plug this idea that I have, and I'm sure Claire has it too. Um, this rule that I live by is called price per wear. Um, yes. hmm. and, uh, it's all the rage right now on Instagram is as it? well, isn't it? That's oh, God. oh, the gospel oh. is spreading. I love that. Um, yeah. I didn't Please explain. Price per, wear. <laughs> price per wear basically is like you buy something that is made really, really well and maybe is a little bit more expensive. Instead of buying like four Zara blazers, you buy one Theory blazer or Stella McCartney (laughs) or, you know, the row if you can, but who can? But the real, real, I'll just, I need to, the real, real has some good row pieces, guys. Get out there. But price per wear is basically like, by the time you wear it over and over and over again, for me, it becomes, it becomes free. And this yeah. is girl money. Yeah. 
<laughs> girl money yeah, baby no, and that's another thing that's like popping up on instagram about girl money <laughs> and it is all about price per wear of like it's free by the time i've worn it like 30 times it's free <laughs> after i spent two thousand dollars on this blazer but yeah absolutely i i say less is more quality not quantity yes I say this to every client and casey gets so bored of me because i'm like <laughs> or ha- did when we worked together i was like just get this and get it in a sensible color but uh no she wants the like peter pan polka dot you know <laughs> orange and blue dress <laughs> Um, but no, it's, that's exactly how I work, Nicole, with everybody. I love that, so Claire. I'm all for You're it. all in on it. Um, yeah. You've got to get that core closet. You've got to spend money on some core quality classics. And then you can throw in the whimsy each season. But let's just have this really solid base to start from. 100%. Anyway, public service announcement over. <laughs> thank you for that. that. And, <laughs> and thank you for what you're about to say, because I'd like to shift us into something e- even more explosive that we've talked about religion and, and, and death and everything else. And that is <gasps> Che Diaz. <laughs> che, in this episode, you know, ushers Miranda into this public performance announcement that moving to LA to do a pilot and singing California Girls and all of it. And I, I love that it, Che, it, when um, they bring Miranda in, is like, oh, I sat you with my grandmothers. Basically, like, here, go sit with your peers. But she, they also all, like, I'm like, what were we supposed to think like of that? Were we supposed to say, oh, she thinks of her as a grandmother? You know, or is it's like setting up the joke of that, I guess. I, it didn't occur to me until this time that it was like, well, she does generationally. She, looks, she kind of belongs there. But she I, has I th- her silver I, hair, and they all have yeah. the silver yeah. hair as well. I didn't. It didn't even occur to me. That's writers watching it, and obviously, and I'm not a writer. But yeah, God, you're absolutely right. They were there was a, some some subtext there. Well, Claire, you are the rarest of creatures in that you are a Che Diaz fan question mark is that fair to say okay so i wasn't in season one okay ah, nicole is like a dog <laughs> nicole just She's collapsed <laughs> no i wasn't in season one and actually <laughs> it was funny watching it back because yeah after season two i have a uh, softness for jay i have a place for her in my heart we have seen her go on quite the journey them and i've seen them go we really have um, so I am going to be popping to season two here, even though I know we're really talking oh, about please. season one and this finale. But yeah, we see it be humbled, okay? And I think that to see someone, in, like in this episode, with such a level of arrogance to the point that they're going to invite all the friends and family, get up on stage and sing a bloody song about the fact that she got a pilot. <laughs> In the world we move in, big fucking deal. Everyone gets a pilot, okay? Everybody gets a pilot. But no, Jay needs to get up on stage and make a big song and dance of it. So I think it's really interesting what Michael Patrick King and his team obviously did in that we set her up so fucking high and then we brought her down. And um, I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if that's what they plan to do, but... Yeah, I, I really started to enjoy her in season two. Oh, sorry, her shit day. It's all. No, it's because no I'm worries. thinking of Sarah Ramirez. I'm not thinking of Che because I, I'm a big fan of Sarah as well because um, that's why I'm thinking she. I'm no, terrible no with pronouns. Please forgive me. I'm 42. That's no excuse. I'll do my best to keep with No, with you're that. fine. You're fine. But it is because I'm thinking of Sarah Ramirez as an actor and her performance. So watching Che's sort of 
downfall really brought me a lot of em- empathy for them. Let's just yeah. put it that way. And um, seeing their uh, accepting of failure and then seeing... And I also think that Sarah Ramirez is just an incredible actor. I totally. really, really do. And I credit her a lot as well for my my personal love. For mm-hmm. I just found her a very interesting multidimensional character. And I, I just really enjoyed seeing them realize that they had to go and get a job at a vet. You know, mm-hmm. struggling with, you know, the wardrobe department's choices seeing that they you know were not being the big dream that they had of being this big star and it being about them and uh, actually wasn't happening and they didn't really care about who they were and it was somebody else's character being put onto them and the fact that Tony Danza was going to be I I just thought it was really endearing yeah endearing yeah and I I, did too especially when the wardrobe thing that you're mentioning when they were, you know, working on the pilot in season two and it came out that Che was just really like uncomfortable with like their body in some ways and not feeling great about the way they looked on camera and like could not be more relatable. Matt, don't you think that that is, it was a really interesting thing to watch after she had been presented, especially with the season one finale as being so pumped up, so full of, a, of yeah. themselves. You know, oh, I'm really doing badly with the pronouns, sorry. To then, yeah, a few episodes later in season two, their realisation that this was not going to be what they thought it was. And yeah. um, uh, needing some time for themselves. And I, ju- I just, yeah, I found her, I found her very endearing. Them very endearing. Them. So, Nicole, after, after season two, where do you think Che Diaz goes from here? Because some people speculating that the way it was wrapped up could be a end of the road moment. I think so. I'm like, <gasps> I do. I, I, I think that we've gone just as far as we possibly can with mm. Che Diaz. <laughs> Do yeah. you think Che would be a friend of, though? Because I do like that they're friends with Carrie and they have their little moment. It's like at the vet. It's like at the vet. I think it's a different show. You know, I do. No. I think it's a different show. In this episode, what was so interesting to me and that I had totally forgotten about is that when Che is like, you know, I've really taken X, Y, and me as far as I possibly can. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> like, Che keep your podcast you know like it's like you're filming yes. a pilot yeah. like it's like what are we doing here That's this is just bad it was planning yeah <laughs> it was bad planning and I also like that conversation I think like tonally like that conversation maybe in season two would have like had the reaction on the other side a bit differently like uh I think like they were all like Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. totally. This makes all the sense in the world that you would <laughs> stop doing this podcast to go to right. LA. We could do it on Zoom, but we're not going to say that. No, uh, yeah. yeah, no, everyone's just Why nodding. do you think I have two podcasts? <laughs> the pilots are going to come and go. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, man. You know, I wish that we would have, like, turned the camera and seen everyone just kind of, like, with their, like, w- more of a, like, a wide-eyed face with a with a fake <laughs> smile, being like, uh-huh, yeah, no, <laughs> totally, this, 
This is smart choice. Definitely the, the right choice, Che. Um, I enjoy the naivete though of of Chase. I get that. I get yeah. that. So, no, the Che of it, I understand. I just want to see like you know everyone else's reaction the in a more true. real yeah. like. Uh, I think that you know it was more just like this is a character that we are like with a hundred percent. And then what I loved in season two, and I thought was so interesting and and devastating also in season two was the focus group on Che Diaz because basically oh, yeah. like, and and here's like I was saying, you know, every person has a fucking opinion, you know, and like the, the think pieces on Che Diaz and the fan responses to Che Diaz, they were brutal and like mm. beyond brutal and they tried something, you know, the writers, I yeah. mean, like they really took a swing and they tried something. And I think that that focus group was like, this is what it felt like. Yes. When you destroyed Che Diaz, this is what it felt like to us. And I really felt that, you know, where it's like, oh, like we live in this fucking culture where everyone is just like, I don't even believe that people believe half of the things that they have like huge opinions on on like one day you know mm -hmm. i'm I, I've, i'm really finding that to be true recently yeah. so yeah chase definitely wrapped up that podcast prematurely and then you know we're sort of planted the seed of carrie's new podcast at the end of this that i loved and they did away with that so quickly in season so quickly. two and now rewatching this i was like i could have used more carrie's sex in the city podcast definitely you know, Carrie's got the hot producer, Franklin, that she, of course, has her kiss with at, at the end. And he says to her, I think you're a podcast. And I know currently neither of you have your own podcast because you <laughs> have dignity. No, but, uh, stop. I don't. But I couldn't help but wonder if you were to have your own podcast, Claire, would yours be about fashion or about Che? <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably get a lot of listeners if I did a, a, a Che podcast, mainly just because everyone would want to come and hate on them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would be a gossipy fashion thing. Oh, yeah. And, and, I'd and, and I'm a Bravo-holic, so yeah. I sound, it sounds like I would listen to you about fashion as well, though. You know, you know what you're doing. Yeah, it would, it would cover, it would be like trash talk, basically. Yeah, 100%. Oh, I would just... God. That, Oh my God, that's my name, Trash Talk. Love it. Um, trash Talk oh with God, that gorgeous accent. Are you kidding me? Trash let's, Talk with, let's with go. Claire Mukherjee. Yeah, it would just be pop culture, trash talk, 100%. Nicole, yeah. what would your podcast be? Oh, I would absolutely try all kinds of experimental dermatological things cool. um, and Ooh, yes. uh, report back if I had to, uh, or, or things like that. Like I would absolutely just... For the people, try things sure. and report back. You would get them for free as well because they're bloody. And expensive. that's exactly why I would yeah. do it. Claire, yes. Why you would do it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I would be the only reason. Literally, Matt. I don't know about you, but if you're in your late thirties, early forties, and you're a professional woman, sixty percent of the conversation. Well, I think we'd say eighty percent of the conversation with other friends, other female friends, is about children, and then the rest is about injectables lifting treatments, lasers, fraxels, microdermabrasion. I mean, am I right, Nicole? Yeah. I, I talk about it constantly with friends. It's wild. What have we done? The way yeah. the way that things jump around, it's like, you know, like 
in my group chats, like, okay, everyone, mental health check. How's everybody doing? And then like, you know, yeah. I didn't get my kid into the twos program. I was late on that. And then also, have you ever done Ulthera? You know, it yeah. really oh, like- mm-hmm. I just did it. I just did it. And my God, was it painful? As bad as everybody says. Um, <laughs> I, no, my girlfriend came over and I haven't seen her for three years because we moved back to England three years ago. I was like, Karen, you look fresher now than you did when I left. So tell me what you did. And she was like, okay, it's the retinoids. Okay. It's the retinol. Mm. It's the retinoids. She was like, but I have my waddle. I have my waddle. So I put <laughs> into my, my V. Okay. So it's like a, a, a mini lower neck facelift. I mean, we talked about it for a good 45 minutes. She had an oh, eye lift a few years ago. She's nearly 50. She looks 38. I mean, we talk about it all. I, I have like my, I have like three consultations set up for my tummy tuck. I had twins. I'm getting my double chin sucked out. I'm doing it in all. I'm going beyond Nicole. The, the, the You're my the first lasers. guest, like, Claire. Chop, chop <laughs> me up. I, I have a lot to talk about. We need another hour just to, because I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, my, my fascination <laughs> with these, not that I've ever dabbled in any such thing, but sorry, is all, it's all therapy. The, it's like little shocks to, that's supposed to tighten. Yeah. yeah. It's like ultrasound radio frequency. Yes. And it's, actually, I had the slightly more updated version that isn't as bad because it's, it's, technology has moved along a lot. So it's, I, I had the same technology. I had Ultraformer 3, which is the same technology as Ultherapy, but they, you know, it's because Ultherapy mm. has been around for 10 years. It has, they've managed to make it just as effective, but less, less painful. Um, but yes, they, it, it is literally like being stabbed repeatedly yeah. over your face and neck. I just had my lower face and jowls and double chin done. <laughs> you have to wait four months in between. And I had my second one about three weeks ago and you're I see looking a looking gorgeous you look great looking you look right great. and tight inspiring I have a face like a melted candle <laughs> I see a body and face <laughs> like a melted candle not. and it's kind of lifted everything up a little bit but um yeah we also can talk about I can talk for hours about the diet injections I've done them all I've Ugh. done um all I, I I know we have to get off this but I have a, a straight male friend whose mom will periodically text him and say if you get your chin fat sucked out, I'll pay for it. <laughs> she'll, and then she'll just out of the blue text him a link her. to a couple different Beverly Hills surgeons that'll do it. And he's like, I think I look fine. And he does. And he's, he's like is, only 40 years old. And I'm always like, please tell her I will do it. Like if she just needs someone <laughs> to get this done, like oh, I'm available. You, by the way, you can do it awake now. You can do it wide away. They just do a little bit of local anesthesia. Dr. Gabay in Beverly Hills. He's, Dr. He's Gabay. Yeah, Jubin Gabay. Okay. It's so yeah, good to get a name, out. you know? Yeah. I, ha- I can send you a list. I want the list. You don't need it. You I do. It. And I, I want, want, I want, I want do it. it. Don't. <laughs> what, a, what a gorgeous and powerful note to leave this episode on. Um, <laughs> just the plastic the, yeah, we do leave season one on a high note at, yes. at, at the end of it all. And, and season two uh, on a high note as well. I'm curious, Nicole, any predictions beyond, you know, perhaps the exit of Che Diaz for what season three holds in store? I think season three is going to be 
fun. I think the tone is mm. going to be comedy. I think there's going to be like, uh, there's going to be camp. I think it's going to be a return to form. Uh, you know, there were so many awesome episodes, I think, in season two, especially that I was like, this mm. is the show. You know, yep. when Carrie is gets into like a bike accident with that guy and then he has his own husband, you know, that felt so sex in the city. Yeah. And the pigeon purse, the pigeon purse. Yes. That was just everything. Sorry, just had to just Yes. No, it's um I think that, you know, ending the season, uh clinking glasses on a beach in Greece, even though, let's be honest. We were in Malibu. I mean, yes. uh, we, yeah. which is fine. I'm like, and I think so many times. I'm like, I think that's cool. And it's fine. And I'm good with it. Like I can like absolutely, you know, but I think it's like, let's go. It feels, let's go. It, it feels good. It feels good. Let's go. Yeah. I, I feel like they that... dealt with all of this stuff we needed to get through mm -hmm. to now just let's, yeah, right. let's party. That, let's just let it yes. rip. They broke yeah. it down yeah. to build it back up new mm -hmm. and fresh. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. and you know what? I give them all of the flowers that mm -hmm. they deserve um, because Same. they did it. And I have loved every second. And, and I will repeat that. I hope that it does continue until each one of oh. these beloved actresses but also characters but also actresses mm -hmm. literally drop dead on camera mm -hmm. playing these characters yeah and i will add that i would like to die at the exact same yes. moment as them yes that, i'd like uh, for that to be the last absolutely. thing that i see absolutely oh my god a hundred percent i'm so so grateful that we have this yes yeah. yes yes i am so grateful i could actually cry it has just brought a new little a much needed bit of sprinkle glitter dust escapism um i only ever watch it by myself i like the kids are in bed i'm like oh i get to watch an episode i'm so excited and um it just gives you that little bit of like pizzazz in your life yeah. that we all just need we need these people in our lives yeah we need them all and i'm grateful mm -hmm. i really am i am too and I'm grateful to both of you for being here and sharing your light with us. Claire Mukherjee, Nicole Shabtai, thank you both so much. And thank you, please come back very soon. Oh, anytime. Love to. And Just Like Matt is a WOW podcast production created and hosted by me, Matt McConkie. Our executive producer is Renee Colvert. If you've got a burning question about a relationship or friendship problem, or really anything Sex in the City adjacent, just record a voice memo on your phone and email it to us at andjustlikematt at gmail.com, and I'll answer your question on the show with my very fancy guests. <laughs>